We used to be giants When did we stop? Just say the word and I'll be yours You know I never forgot Welcome to episode 537 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, Boba Fett's favorite pinball podcast. So happy holidays, everybody. It is, I love this time of year. You know, we're heading into the family festivities, the presents, the movies, the trees, the eggnogs. It's such a great time of year. On this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, I'm going to talk to Jordan over at Elite Pinball Toppers, and they're doing something special over there at Elite Pinball Toppers. They are making high-end premium toppers for pinball machines, and it's a, it's a great chat to hear from Jordan on their strategy on how to make limited edition toppers for the games that are collectible. This is not stuff for everybody, but I, I really do appreciate Jordan taking the time to talk to us on Canada's Pinball Podcast. But before we do that, let's get right into the news. Now, the big news item this week that happened a few days ago happened after I did a show in which I said that the Pinball Brothers need to figure out a system by which they make the alien buyers of highway pinball, they need to do something to make those people whole. Because as you remember, Andrew Highway willingly took pre-order money from people and then never got them their alien machines. Now, a week ago, the official commentary from Pinball Brothers was maybe we'll do something, right? And we called them out on this show. Now, I'm not sure if this show is the reason that they finally put out an official statement in which they are articulating what they're going to do for people who lost money with Andrew Highway. But I want to read this and I want to give you my opinion about their stance as they get ready to release Alien Pinball again. So they put out an official statement and it's basically like them answering four questions. The first question is why are Pinball Brothers relaunching Alien now? And they said the Alien Pinball machine is too awesome to just disappear into deep space. Too much effort was put into the game for it to not be appreciated by as many pinball fans as possible. It has had a significant overhaul to its electronics and has generally been improved even further. Soon you will be able to purchase Alien from our distributors worldwide. Pinball Brothers will take no pre-orders and will not ask for prepayment. You can only order via distributors, pay and play like pinball should be. All right, let's stop right there. This is music to everybody's ears. There was no way the Pinball Brothers were going to be able to come back and re-release Alien and ask people for pre-order money. There was just no way people were going to do it. People got burned before by pre-orders, and this is a great great thing for them to say we are not going to accept pre-orders now now they're not telling us who the distributors are they're not telling us what the price is yet but what they are saying is no pre-order so curious to see how this plays out are they going to take deposits are those deposits going to be refundable and you know sometimes i wonder like if a deposit is non-refundable is that considered a pre-order that's something we might discuss on another episode of canada's pinball podcast all right the next question can we help people that prepaid highway pinball for the first generation alien game and their answer is as follows we will offer vouchers worth at least 50% of their loss to any private customer who prepaid 
for an alien pinball machine from Highway Pinball that was not delivered. So that's huge. The way this is worded, at least 50% is huge for people. Now, I know this is not dollar to dollar, but I want to say right now, I don't know if this show inspired them to offer this policy. I don't even care. What I want to say right now is I respect this offer. Look, people who went in on Andrew Highway, people who invested in Andrew Highway, it was clear from the very beginning that Andrew Highway didn't really know what he was doing. Anyone who followed Highway Pinball over the years, if you pre-ordered with him, you were basically investing in his startup. I know you thought you were buying a game, but it was clear very early on. And if you listen to Canada's Pinball Podcast, we were following that company from the very beginning and we saw red flags right away. Red flags. The biggest red flag was Dennis Nordman, the game's designer, quit pretty immediately and it was so obvious that he had no plan on how to get these games made in a timely manner. So unfortunately, people lost money. Now, the bottom line is this. You should have lost all your money because there is no obligation by the Pinball Brothers to do anything. And I know I said on my last show that they're still the same company. Like these guys were behind the scenes at Highway Pinball, but they lost millions. I can guarantee you this, that these investors lost way more way more money than anyone who bought an alien machine. So for them to offer 50 cents to the dollar, that's actually a really good offer for you who went in with Andrew Highway. That's similar to the offer that Robert Mueller, I believe, gave the, the Zidware customers who got burned by J-Pop. For the rest of people in the real world who go in on these startup companies, not just in pinball, but all over the place on Kickstarter and the tech industry, you normally would just lose everything. So I want to say this to the pinball brothers, if they are listening, I respect this offer and I think the community will respect this offer and I think this was super important to do and I think it's a commendable thing for them to do and it says at least 50% so they might actually hear some people's cases and give you more. If maybe you're down on your luck, maybe you really, you hit hard times and this was such a crushing blow to your world, they might actually give you more. So I think that's great. The next question they ask is why vouchers? Pinball Brothers is not highway pinball, but we can offer vouchers towards the cost of our games to the people who deserve it for hanging in there and who believed in the alien concept. The vouchers can be used with all our distributors when you buy a pinball machine from Pinball Brothers. So this is great. And then it goes on to say, what do you have to do? And then they go through a list of things you have to do. Basically, you have to prove that you went in on an alien, that you have proof of purchase, and they will work with you to sort of redeem your voucher for the new machine. So I just wanna say, congratulations, Pinball Brothers. I think you're doing the right thing. Now, I already saw some people moaning and groaning about this, and I don't think people should be. They are under no legal obligation to do this. Now, look, I did say that it's the same company. These were the same investors. But again, I do have empathy for all parties involved who got in bed with Andrew Highway. I have empathy for the people who got burned on buying Alien. I have empathy for these investors who believe the lies they were probably being told. You have to understand, sometimes it gets really hard once you've sunken so much money into a project to call it quits, to try and find a way out. And they were enthusiastically on board for everything Andrew was 
was selling them. So everybody was going to lose. Now we're in a situation in which everyone can come out with somewhat of a win-win situation. The community is going to get Alien Pinball. It's going to be made better than it ever was made before. There are no pre-orders happening. If you lost money, you're going to get a voucher for at least 50% off the cost of the machine. All this is good news as we head towards the holidays. Now, the main question hanging over all of this, and maybe we're going to get clarity on this when we hear Christopher Franchi do his show about the Pinball Brothers. I don't know if he's interviewing them or who is making this machine and how much is the game? See, that's the other major, major question because people might forget that Alien Pinball LE, back in the day, you have to go back in the day. When Alien Pinball was first announced, there was going to be 500 LEs of machines. Now, you want to know what's crazy? A wide-body Alien game with that big screen and the mechs in the game and the magnets in the game and all the stuff that's in this game. Guess how much Alien Pinball was? And this is just, this just goes to show how ridiculous pinball has become. Alien Pinball was 6,450 bucks back when it was originally offered for sale, right? 6,000, that's the price of basically a Stern Pro now. And so it's quite clear when we look at pinball games now and, and you know, Dutch Pinball is selling the Big Lebowski for twice this price for 12, five. I mean, it is insane. And so what do you think a wide body alien pinball machine, which is a theme that everybody would love to have, which is a game that is one of the best coded games. David Thiel did an amazing job creating the alien atmosphere. This title's going to sell. People are going to want it. There is no way this game's going to come back and be 6,450 bucks though. So here's the thing. So your voucher is worth half of that potentially, maybe. And most people, I think, went in for four grand. Maybe some went in on full. But let's just say these guys come out and say the game is 10 grand. So then, you know, you've got a lot of ground to make up because now the game is $3,500 more than it originally was. And let's say you went in on $4,000 deposit. You get $2,000 voucher, right? Now to get Alien Pinball, if it's 10 grand, you have to make up $8,000. So that is still what is left to be determined. How much is this machine and who is making it? And then how long is it gonna take to make these machines? Now clearly by the photos they're sharing, parts are being ordered and these games are about to be assembled somewhere. Will it be Chicago Gaming Company? Will it be American Pinball? Will they do it themselves, right? With the European tax system where it's at right now, with the import tax, it might make sense for them to make this game overseas because if you're over in the UK or you're over in Europe, this incredible sales tax increase, the custom tax on pinball machines is crippling. We, we haven't really talked that much about this. It's crippling people's ability in Europe to get pinball machines. So we'll see where they make this game. I mean, they're going to have to announce this stuff pretty soon pretty soon. But an exciting time to be in pinball. This thing is going to be one of the most talked about games because we told you, me and Iceman, now we were like two years off, but remember, you heard it here first exclusively that Alien Pinball was coming back. And I absolutely butchered the time frame on when it was supposed to come back. And I think they wanted this thing to be back much sooner than this. 
But you know what? Better late than never, as they say. So more to come on this. There's not really much other news in pinball other than Guns N' Roses merchandise is going to go on sale this Tuesday, tomorrow. So if you want to get your Jersey Jack merchandise, I would jump on that because maybe that stuff's going to sell out. They have some really cool banners as well. And I heard from Jersey Jack Pinball, they said to me the collector's edition playfields are going to be perfect. So we'll see if that happens. We hope that happens, but you know, seeing is believing when it comes to these Mirko playfields. So we'll see what happens there. And I hear the CEs are supposed to go on the line next week or a week or two from now, and that they're going to build all 500 CEs at once. Now, I did not hear that from Jersey Jack themselves. That is what I'm hearing through the grapevine and that it might take them five to seven weeks to make all collector's editions of this game. It's gonna be a wait for Guns N' Roses. You're gonna have to wait to get your game, but trust me, and you're hearing it from people who unbox this machine, this isn't just Canada hyping and shilling this game. Trust me when I say this. This is the game of the year. This game is worth it. And I really do hope Eric Minier wins best designer of 2020. I'm going to talk more about the Twippies and who I think should win in each category at a later show. But I think this game is that kind of game where he deserves that recognition. Nothing against Keith Elwin. We're going to go into that more on on a future show. But I just want to say, as you start to think about where to place your votes, remember which game was a breakthrough game that raised the bar and took pinball to the next level. Anyway, everyone, talking about next level, let's talk about next level toppers and elite pinball toppers. Here's Jordan from Elite Pinball Toppers. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome to Canada's Pinball Podcast a man who is making some of the sexiest things to go on top of pinball machines. Jordan from Elite Pinball Toppers. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Chris. How's it going? It's good. It's good. And and Jordan, I'm excited to have you because I'm a big fan of toppers and you guys are billing yourselves as elite so what, what led you guys to create a pinball topper company? Let's start there. I'm from Chicagoland area. I remember being at Logan Arcade and uh, seeing a, a limited edition Attack from Mars from Chicago Gaming Company. And yep. I saw their topper and I was just like blown away. Like the fact that it was moving up and down and the light shows. And I'm kind of a sucker for Attack from Mars. That was my first ever pinball machine that my dad bought brand new in box way back in the 90s. And uh, that's the game that I grew up playing. But when I saw that topper um, at Logan Arcade, I was like, man, that thing is super, super cool. So that was like the first like spark that kind of got me into toppers. And I didn't really even know that there was things that go on top of machines because my dad's ceiling has like an inch and a half of clearance above his pinball machine. So naturally, like I didn't think that there was anything that could go on top of machines. Right. So I started kind of developing and designing my own. And some of my friends were like, hey, man, that's actually pretty cool. Like, you should think about selling some of that. Now, what which ones did you develop on your own for which games? So for the first one that I started doing was actually um, Indiana Jones, which is our next release. And um, some of my friends were like, that's super cool. You need to you need to market that. And so there's a little bit more involved with that. And so I started kind of recently or not recently, but I also started designing Hobbit around the same time. And I got it, you know, developed, designed and uh, decided that I wanted to move forward with it. But I would say the first one was um, Indiana Jones. So you made an Indiana Jones topper first. Now, what was the Indiana Jones topper that you made? So 
it is it is a derivative of the one that I'm going to be releasing. So I haven't I haven't released any info on that right now. It's a surprise. You're not going to give anyone a is it the Ark of the Covenant? You're not going to tell us? Come on. <laughs> I know I've been debating with myself. It's been an inner an inner struggle all day leading up to this. I was like, man, what am I going to say? Like, what am I going to what am I going to give? What kind of scoop can I give? I mean, I, I'm not, I don't want to say exactly what it is. OK, OK, but I can say that I, I'll say this like at Elite Pinball Toppers, we really try to do things big. And one of the things that we did with this upcoming topper is it is legit 24 karat gold coated. Okay. I'll say that. It's okay. It's the Ark of the Covenant people. So let me, let me no, ask you a no, question. No, 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 no. no. There's, there's some other things that are, that are gold. Yeah. It could be the, the jewel that has the stone in the middle that lights up. That would be cool to have it light down and beam down onto the play field and show the location of, of, <laughs> of where to dig Indy. I love it. I love it. You saw attack from Mars. You got inspired. You got into the topper business. I, I have to ask you because right now, the last couple years, there's been a lot of conversation around toppers and the topper prices are going through the roof. And we're going to talk about your prices, but you guys are putting a lot into these toppers. What do you think currently of the pinball topper market? Do you think people are getting their money's worth on these $1,000 stern toppers right now? It's hard to say because everyone everyone has certain tastes, right? So who am I to judge someone that if they want to spend, you know, $1,000 on something, like that's that's their MO, you know? And I've always been a fan of more options. The more options, the better, like with anything. I mean, pinball, you know, more, more companies. I, I love having more companies and more options, you know, buying a new machine, buying aftermarket parts, um, toppers, modding, you name it. Right. More options is always a good thing, right? Because it grows the community and, and pinball community needs to grow. You know, it's a, uh, it, it's, a, it's already growing extensively. But I think as far as pricing goes, it's subjective. Is it though? I mean, on a pure, like the materials in a topper, when you see the Elvira topper at 1000 bucks, right? As someone who's making highly sculpted stuff like your Hobbit topper, do you see the value in it or is it more just rarity and rich dudes bought Elvira and and that's why they can do it? You know, I'm going to divert back to my my previous statement. I think everyone has the options to buy what they want and sure. everyone has certain certain things that make them tick. And I I have Stern toppers. I have a Ghostbusters topper. I love it, you know. And that's worth like twice the price now what you paid for it. Exactly, exactly. So like everyone has an opinion. And I think one of the cool things about our company is one of the things that I love about Stern, not only do I have, you know, their products and not only pinball machines, but also their toppers myself, but I love their business motto, which I actually tried to incorporate as much as I could into Elite Pinball Toppers. Um, specifically, there is no company out there, I think you can agree to this and anyone listening can, that releases a pin and like a week later, boom, they're already shipping or the same yep. day, you know, or they're already in arcades like what they did with Stranger Things. It's just such a unique thing. And one of the things that I really wanted to do when I when I launched this company is I wanted to have product available and ready to ship. And we did. We right. had 10 toppers ready to go that shipped within the first three days of us launching. It's a cool experience to buy something and then have it a few days later yeah. as opposed to having to wait. And, and, you know, without going down that rabbit hole, there's a lot of things that you pay for in this industry that, you know, you have to wait for. Right. And so we didn't we didn't want to be a part of that. So. So let's talk about toppers and games, because one of the interesting things and you, you just brought this up was why do you think it takes so long for Stern, who can make games the most complex part of the game? They can get that ready to go. But they've been having such a long delay, right, between 
when the topper is available and when the game's available. And, and like Star Wars is almost two years. So do you think like a game should ship with the topper included on day one? Mm, ah, man, I don't know. I mean, it's it's that's a, it's a good question. I think. Uh, Wouldn't you want it, though? If you're like, yeah, hey, day one, you're about to drop nine grand. Naturally, naturally, if anyone could choose like, yeah, of course, like having all the accessories, having everything available at the time of the purchase you know, makes sense because then you can just keep adding into your cart and, right, you know, right. get everything at once because sometimes that pizzazz or that raw moment of excitement can wear off after a little bit. I think they did really well because what Avengers, the topper was available like right away, right? I think companies are catching on to that, that people want their stuff when games are launched and things. And so right. what we decided was is that we wanted to have our products available. So right now, could I take down payments on Indiana Jones right now? And could we, could we technically release that? Yeah. But like, we're perfecting it and making sure that it's perfect and that it's production ready. And when I say production ready, remember our company is, we're building like 50 toppers. We're not building hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of these toppers. So it's a niche market. When you think about The Hobbit, I think I heard uh, recently on another podcast that um, they made somewhere between three and 5,000 hobbits. So if you think about that, and let's just assume that that's true. That's not true. I don't know if they sold three to 5,000. So let's talk about The Hobbit. So what made you guys pick The Hobbit as your first topper? What was the genesis of that? So it was something that was already in production. As you know, it was started as me tinkering around. And I love that game. I know some people some people have like a burning hatred for it. And some people absolutely love it. I'm a part of the loving fan. Right. Uh, fan group. I There's something about those wizard modes that just like get me jacked. Those mini wizard modes like and they're relatively easy to get to. And the call outs and the, you know, mode one complete and, a, you know, and like having the different objectives and crawling through it. And it's just an exciting game for me. And I'm a, I'm one of those players that plays like volume like you know super super loud so i don't know i have a passion for that game and it was something that um, i really enjoyed and i also think it was something that had a relatively decent price tag uh, obviously the resale value on those isn't amazing right now but you know it's a $6,500 to $7,500 pin somewhere in that range depending on you know what model you have and trim and whatnot and so i thought it was a good topper to start with they made a decent amount of them and uh, a quality game and a game that was valuable. You know, okay. I can't create a topper for Whirlwind that sells for $1,500 and sell a topper for $750, you know, on a $1,500 right. game. People aren't going to pay for that likely. No, I, I totally agree. And so in Whirlwind, the topper is awesome. You don't really need to improve upon exactly. that, that fan. Exactly. Let, let me ask about how you came up with your idea for Hobbit. So you're playing Hobbit. For those of you out there, I, I implore you to go to Elite Topper's website, look at the Hobbit top. It's the book which replicates the small book that's on the playfield. How did you come up with that idea? Like, how did you say, what can I put up here that's gonna be awesome? Honestly, I was just playing the game and I looked at the screen and I was like, it's really small. And I wish the book was bigger. And then it just turned from that to, why don't I just put a book on top of it? And that kind of became like a, in my mind, it wasn't even considered like a topper at the time. Like when I was just doing things by myself and, you know, at my house, it was just like, I'm just going to make a big one and put it on top. And then it kind of was like, oh, well, that's kind of a topper. And then, you know, I have friends in the pinball industry and people that were like, hey, that's really cool. You can, you should consider marketing that. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, right. that's really the skinny of it. There was no like crazy aha moment. And then I just started developing it. And so I use a program uh, called CAD, which most people are very familiar with and uh, started designing it, what I thought it could look like, um, incorporating various things like uh, the monitor 
inside of it and trying to get everything to fit in a small package. You know, I didn't want to have something big and gaudy. I think it's important to note that anything that I create or design, I want it to look awesome. You know, I have I have high standards myself. And so and remember, I'm putting these on my machines. Um, And that's kind of where where the company originated from was me designing cool one-off toppers for myself that I'm now making available to others. Well, I applaud the marketing too, because you can't call yourself elite and it looks like crap, right? So it's gotta be a level above what's currently on the market. So it it does look phenomenal, I will say that. Question about the screen on top, I said this, but you might've heard this in one of my shows. There's a screen now on top of a screen on top of a screen. Is this topper meant for people watching somebody play The Hobbit? Or do you see the player being able to look up there and utilize it? Good question. So it's it's both. It's both. Um, I, I love having events at my house. You know, obviously pre-COVID, having people over, playing games, you know, having 10, 15 people around you in a, in a specific area. It's nice to be able to see like an objective. Like one of the things that is really cool about it is it obviously uh, mimics that lower miniature screen. And so you can see like countdowns out of your peripheral vision that, you know, being able to see it on top of the machine um, during modes. Uh, Mode objectives are really easily seen by people that are around you also. I've had one of my customers already tell me that it was super helpful uh, in completing a wizard mode because various um, directions and things like that are on that mini monitor that someone behind them could tell them like what to do. So I think it's it's both. And I think one of the coolest parts about the topper is the attract mode. I mean, if this was in an arcade setting, I mean, most of my my people that are buying our toppers are not, you know, arcade owners. But in an arcade setting, I mean, it is phenomenal the way that it plays those, you know, those HD videos directly from um, the video up on the topper. It really draws you in and makes you want to play the game more. So. I think a little bit of everything, Chris. And that's just, you're just simply splicing the feed that goes to the small monitor on the play field? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it duplicates that and it puts it on top and then it's surrounded by the, you know, that 3D sculpted um, book. Okay, so. and for listener of the show, that you're making 50 of these, they're 750 bucks. Are they still available right now? They are, there's about uh, 11 left. I have, I had three more inquiries this week. Uh, this weekend specifically. So we could be down to eight or so left. Um, it all kind of depends on uh, when people pay and, and whatnot. But there, right. was, there was more additional increase. So we have sold 39, have been sold, paid for, and are currently in production. Jordan, who's making these with you? Who's your team? Myself is the designer and engineer behind them is then um, I'm also the final assembly person. My wife helps with the paperwork business and mental uh, stress um, (laughs) assistance. As do all (laughs) wives in the pinball hobby. Yeah, yep, yep. By the way, how's Brenda? She's good. Thank you for asking. She's she's good. We're we're trucking along. We're moving towards a February birth of baby Canada. Even though all attempts oh, to name the baby Canada have failed for me, but we'll see. That's amazing. I have we have a little one ourselves, a ten month old. So it is an amazing experience, and you will never never sleep never, again. <laughs> no, 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 no. You'll never like experience anything cooler in your life. Right. No. Thank you. I appreciate it, and congratulations as well. Thank you. Yeah, so myself, my wife, and then um, actually a really good friend of ours from our church who's an artist is, does all of our painting. Her name is uh, Caroline, and she does amazing work, as you guys can see. And so she's kind of uh, a part of the team as well whenever I need anything painted and things like that that are, that are more detailed work. So really just three of us right now. Yeah, you know, we're, we're keeping things keeping things small because we are a new startup and we don't want to have a ton of overhead or anything right now. We want to release a minimum of two toppers a year. 
uh, if not more. So. And are these made to order or do you make all 50 and then you sell them? Yeah, so we're, we're making all 50 right now, but based off of sales and how they're going, you know, we, we intend to be sold out, you know, in the next few weeks, um, likely. Once they're gone, they are gone. So we're not making any more. It is a true limited edition topper. So when all 50 are gone, it is gone. And that file, per se, gets deleted and nothing else is being uh, created anymore for that specific game. So when they're gone, they're gone. And they're sitting in boxes right now. So if someone listens to this and orders it, that you can ship it out immediately? Not right now. Right now, I, I do have a waiting list right now. So all of our toppers will be completed before January 31st. That's okay. our time frame. But right now, I am shipping. Actually, today, I'm as soon as we're done here, I'm prepping uh, boxes 21 through 27 are going to ship out on uh, Monday. So okay. Monday is usually our shipping day. And then next Monday, we'll ship 28 to, say, 32 or 3 or so. And then we'll just kind of keep on going. So even the box is elite that it comes in this nice wooden box with elite pinball toppers sort of branded into it. I mean, it yeah. it feels nicer than cardboard, people. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I I have been very blessed um, to be able to uh, afford some some new inbox pinball machines. And there's nothing like that new inbox experience. If you haven't experienced it, it is it is fun. Now, some people will say, ah, it's not financially worth it. But it, it is a it is a really cool experience. And I kind of wanted to have that same vibe like with our toppers. Like I wanted you to open it and feel like, okay, this is legit. You know, I've got to take out 12 wooden screws just to even see the topper. You right. know, it's a uh, it's an experience. I think it really is. From everything from our instructions to our packaging of our materials to the box, it is a it is an experience. And questions. So time frame for Indiana Jones, when when are you thinking that might be revealed for people to see? Good call. So because I know your show is so popular. Is and, it? And, I don't know, and, man. I, re I read Pinside and apparently everyone hates it, but we'll see. I think I still have some fans <laughs> listening. I think I told you this before, but it's worth noting again because it was it's kind of a funny story. So when I got into pinball like three and a half years ago, I was on Pinside and somebody, everybody kept mentioning this like uh, this Canada guy. And I was like, who is this Canada guy that people are talking about? Right. And so I'm, I'm new. I have no idea. And I'm getting like all these like like really awesome like reviews and like people that are saying like, oh, he's horrible. And I'm like, <laughs> I need to check this guy out, you know. And so I did. And I'm like, I don't. I don't get it. You know, like I, he's very opinionated. He speaks what's on his mind. It's never that bad. It, I, sometimes I think the people that discourage me the most actually listen the most. So it's, it's never that terrible people. So Jordan, Indiana Jones time frame. Yeah. So with that said, let's go, let's say I'm hoping to try to do something in February to have it released by, because remember, we're trying to have all of these done by January 31st. I'm hoping that sometime in February, you will see something which, which will be released. And again, like our policy, we want to have toppers inbox ready to ship when we release. Right. So it, it could be a little bit later than February. That's probably going to be the earliest that you're going to see it. Is 50 the magic number for you guys? Or would you ever bump it up if a game is super popular and, and you know, there's tons of demand for a, a great topper? And I'm going to give you an example. Alien Pinball, I'm reading today, they are, they are bringing it back, right? And, mm -hmm. and that's a game that could probably use some amazing beacons and some amazing like topper to sort of showcase what it's like being on a ship under attack by aliens. Yeah. Would you make more knowing that you've got a hot new title and there's way more than 50 people that would want it? So maybe. And may maybe is a, you know, it's it means maybe. And the reason why is I, I kind of think of our, ourselves like spooky. 
Uh, Spooky Cells Limited, they're selling 750 Rick and Mortys. And so, and they're doing that because it's A, manageable, B, it's still somewhat profitable, and then C, it's something that allows them to do more in the future. You know, because if they made with their current manufacturing, as you know, everyone knows, and you've alluded to several times, I think it's taking them what, like a year to a year and a yeah, half or so months. to do these yep. games. Yeah. And so people want to see another topper, you know, people want to see another game. And so if I build these, cause these are a hundred percent built by hand, you know, it's not, we're not like shipping these, you know, having these built elsewhere and then it's selling them. So they're all hand built and they're all hand painted. And so each one is unique and it takes time to do it. And so to sell 200 or 300 Indiana Jones toppers, it's going to take us a long time to do that. And the longer that it takes to do it, the less toppers that the community gets. Right. And so it's it's kind of that like that middle ground. And then also we want our toppers to be limited. We right. want we want you to if you own one, you are a part of the elite membership. You know, like you you have one of our toppers that only 50 exist in the entire world. No, I think it's smart. I think it's smart. And as a marketer, I, I commend you on that approach because you keep it limited. Price is high, but there's not many out there. And we've seen in pinball, when you get in on something, you could easily find yourself with a product that could sell for two, three times what the initial cost was, uh, especially when it's something like toppers. And, and we've and I say that because I'm looking at what people are spending on Black Knight toppers and Ghostbuster toppers. It's mm -hmm. getting crazy, the demand for toppers. Like, you can't even find a Kiss topper anymore. And, and it's, it's funny you say that, Chris, because, like, I've gotten both sides of the coin, you know? I've gotten people that say, oh, my gosh, you know, $750 is way too much for a topper. And then I've also got people, specifically customers of ours, that are like, you need to be charging way more than $750 for this topper. <laughs> That's me and the latter. So, what'd you say, that you're the latter? I'm always the latter. I'm always like, just keep pushing to see where the ceiling is in this hobby because every time you think you hit it, Stern puts a piece yeah. of couch for $15,000 and it sells out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it is a, I mean, moving forward price wise for us, we will always, so one of the things we want to do is we always want to have, uh, and I think straight down the middle, they did a, uh, an awesome video on our product. So if you haven't seen that, check that out. But they've, they alluded to this as well, that we are always going to have like a, a minimum of like a two tier system moving forward. And what I mean by that is that we will always have a more affordable option and then we will have the elite option. So I can say if you know, you're looking for some type of information, I can say for sure that $750, it'll likely be the cheapest topper that we ever sell. Oh, wow. So you're going, so you're going up market with the premium version. We are, but the, it will always, it's, it's always going to be under a thousand dollars. We will never sell a, so the, the model that we're using currently, which is apt to change potentially, but the deluxe model is going to be, um, always under a thousand and it's not like 999 or like 959. I mean like under a thousand, you know? Right. So it'll be under a thousand and the elite model will likely always be over a thousand, but the elite model will be extremely limited and so when i mean extremely limited i mean like the elite model will be 24 karat gold coated on this next round and there may only be 25 or 50 available versus the deluxe model which will have a little bit more availability have you seen um lior's work over in i believe he's in israel the art of yeah. pinball and he does yeah. like i mean he's making some toppers that have been over a couple grand i i don't know what the hobbit one was but i think it was like three thousand <laughs> right are, are you inspired by his work i mean it's pretty incredible totally. What do you think about his stuff? Totally. Loar is awesome. I've actually talked with Loar quite a bit too. Great guy. He's actually given me some tips and tricks throughout the way. Um, and so 
just yeah, really awesome guy um, and extremely talented. Last thing I heard though is, and I, I think I saw a post from him recently that his topper is not for sale. That Hobbit one that he made, it was just a one-off topper and it was not for sale. I think he actually like, stressed it a couple of times in the post. He was like, "Please don't ask me if it's for sale. It's not." But what a gorgeous topper, right? And right. so yes, you know, does that motivate us and encourage us? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to do something like that, but I don't think people are going to pay that much money. It's beautiful work, but I just it's going to be hard to convince people to spend three grand on a topper. Jordan, have you seen Elvira Signature Edition? Come on. They, they spend $5,000 <laughs> over the LE on a piece of couch. It's not even on you the know, game. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, like I said, everyone's got everyone's entitled to what they to what they feel is is uh, worth it. You know, right. and so I just here's what we want to do. We want to create a product that is limited, that is 3D, nothing flat. We want to make a 3D pro a product that is uh, incorporating lights. You know, we say on our website, motors, mechanism, fog. You know, whatever you whatever we can think of to throw out a topper, we want to have that. Right. Um, and we want it to be extremely limited, and we want it to be high quality. And that's that's kind of where we're going. And I mean, you think about Indiana Jones, I think you'd have to look up the exact number, but I think it's something like 10, 11,000 pinball machines were made of of Indiana Joneses. You know, we're going to we might make, say, 100 of them. And I mean, that's you're not even talking. You're talking about less than one percent of the population that owns that game. Yeah, you guys you guys are for collectors. Sometimes there's always like this apologist approach to making high end stuff for the rich pinball collector. Right. It's like nobody wants to admit there are very wealthy pinball collectors that want their machines looking stellar. They brass plate them, they send them the HEP, they put every mod imaginable in the game. And this thing, if it's 14 karat gold, Jordan, I can tell you. 24. 24 karat gold, you are going to have people who love Indiana Jones and many people do and many collectors have brass plated versions. And there really hasn't been like an incredible indie topper. Normally when I see indies, everything's brass plated, but I never see amazing stuff on top of the machine. So I think you're gonna have great success with that. Jordan, let me ask you about IP because as yeah. I think about making toppers, this seems to be the biggest hurdle for any topper maker is how do you get around the IP issues with themes because there are some themes that you know you can make stuff and you can find workarounds but others it might be really really hard to make something without infringing on the IP what's your experience been yeah so it's tough it really is chris you have you have to be super respectful of IP um, you have to be very creative and you have to find workarounds without the workaround like looking cheesy you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like if i was going to do an attack from mars topper right like having the alien look nothing like the alien and like just being like a generic like alien like what a stereotypical alien would be with like a, you know like a wide like football shaped face and like two eyeballs like that doesn't match like the art it doesn't look good so it's like it's really hard to create things that are not violating you know ip right. but also like matching the theme like for example indiana jones like the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy Grail, whips, a hat, you know, things like that are items that are existed in the world for, you know, uh, a long time. And they're not specific to, you know, Indiana Jones. But when you start to add like the name Indiana Jones or when you start to do other things, you can get into a really tricky and sticky situation. So, right. yeah, it, it's tough. I'm not going to lie. It's tough. And I think that's going to be our biggest hurdle in this business and moving forward is like, how do you... I think we've done a good job about it, but like, how do we move forward and, and fight that? Yeah. And there's just certain themes where, and I, that's why I brought up alien. I think you could make an alien and be okay. 
Avengers, like not so much. Like you'd want to put stuff up there that's like Thanos's glove or jewels and everything becomes too close to the IP. As you look at modern games, I mean, Sterns are probably the hardest, right? Because Stern is a litigious. Stern is going to make a topper that they want to capitalize on. Are you looking outside of Stern primarily as you think about which company's toppers you want to sort of juice, if you will? Yeah. So I think we're only going to make toppers for games that are not, I don't want to say worth it because that sounds horrible, but like, it's not horrible. Say it. <laughs> it's elite. You guys are elite toppers. Embrace it. <laughs> You're, you want to make toppers yeah. for the classics that are going to be masterpieces. Yeah, I mean, like, for, you know, like, like, I love the shadow, I own the shadow, you know, like, but it's only a $4,000 pin. So if I make a $1,000 topper for for $4,000 pin, how well is that going to sell, you know, like, and there maybe there's, you know, 50 people out there in the world, that are like, Oh, my God, please do that, you know, and you know, that's what our that's what our, uh, you know, our pin side page is for and stuff like that. So if you guys are wanting specific toppers, I mean, I get emails all the time about, hey, please do this, please do that. And so we're listening, but it's tough. It really is. Right. Like deciding. Um, I do happen to have an alien in our collection. You know? Really? So we have a limited edition. Wow. How's it? Has it been holding up? How's it been operating? I love it. I've literally had zero problems after I replaced the USB cables with like fancier ones. Wow. That's it. That's it. Curious what your thoughts are because the Pinball Brothers just today, someone just sent me this right before I hopped on the phone with you. They just announced basically officially it's coming back. They're going to give everyone who got burned by Highway a 50% voucher for a wow. new game. Yeah, that which is which is more That's than amazing. fair. Yeah. Well done, Highway. Well, well done, well, Pinball Brothers. I'm not sorry, well I'm sorry. done, well, Highway. Well done, Pinball Brothers within Highway. I'm, I apologize. Yeah, you can. <laughs> it is the same company. I still love how there's like it's the same people. So, but this yeah, well, is well, well done, Pinball Brothers, because that's that's awesome. That really is. And yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I think that's going to do huge things for that company, not only just in the respect level, but also it means that they're they're here. They're probably going to be here for the long run, which is really exciting, man. Again, eh, a little early, little early to call that, but I, I don't I, know. I, <laughs> For the long Man, run, it, I mean, they haven't. Well, look, I hope it comes back. I hope it's great. I hope they figure out manufacturing because nobody knows who's making the game yet. So that's, that's also true. a big question mark. That's true. That's true. Would you guys consider Alien? Because I mean, I just feel like it's so perfect for what you're doing because you can do Alien inspired stuff without infringing. Let's be honest. Andrew's LE Topper of two beacon. I mean, those were like five dollar parts off Amazon. I did that, that. That wasn't a topper. Yeah, it's cool. I think there's definitely room for something to go between those beacons, you know, like for sure. Or better beacons. Come on, you guys or are elite. Beacons. Those are like $10 products. Jordan, <laughs> you're making me nervous here. Just something between them. Come on. How about no, even... I'm just thinking out loud, man. I mean, <laughs> listen, I just I'm thinking literally yeah. on the spot. You got me thinking. I mean, what would you want to see, Chris? I think you could do the beacons. I think you could do like the alarm sort of going off. You know, what would be cool too. like maybe like a, a radar tracker. Also, you know, it's something that's so alien is like the fog and the smoke, right? When those aliens are dropping down through the vents. So there might be something there that goes off. So the beacons seem to be well incorporated into the code. For sure. See, to me, that's when toppers are the best. My personal experiences with toppers, when you can code the topper into enhancing a mode or a moment in the game, that to me is when toppers become amazing. When they're just up there as art and they don't really do much, eh, I could do without them. But man, if you could have those beacons going, but just make it look all nicer, I think would be sweet. Right. No, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's I think there's a lot of potential there. I will say one thing, because I have looked at it, and, and I'm not saying that the thought hasn't crossed my mind prior to this, but I mean, I did look at it, and the Highway Pinball um, back box is only four inches thick. 
So, but here's the good news: they're making this new one in a Bally Williams cabinet. Right, right. Which now gives you just about like nine, nine and a half inches of real estate. Yeah. So in, in depth. So it's really hard to do anything with a nine and a half inches that that looks really cool, you know, like in that space, you know, because it's not a lot of space. You're talking 28 inches by nine and a half inches. So you got a lot of width, but the depth is usually where a lot of our designs have had to be changed and whatnot. Yeah, with four inches available, that's that's not a lot of space. So this new news is really exciting for Pinball Brothers. Let me ask you my Burlington Coat Factory question. So you guys <laughs> are making some incredibly sculpted, hand-painted, toppers why stop there why why just make toppers why not look at the entire mod community and and sculpt things that could go into other parts of the game with all of the craftsmanship you have at your disposal i think it comes down to passion like i am just a passionate person for toppers like do i like mods absolutely i love mods but i'm just really passionate about toppers i also think there's not really companies or people that are selling toppers specifically and my father always told me as a young kid growing up to specialize in something like be a niche market in something there is no way your dad said pinball toppers is where you should go son there's no no there's no no, 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 no he didn't but like so my, my dad is a gear manufacturing business right and they right. do uh, a thing called shaping and shaping is only done by like a handful like literally a handful of people in the United States. They specialize in that. And what's cool is that because he specialized in it, you know, they they always have work, A, and B, they are like the leader in the industry. And that's what we 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 aspire to be. We aspire to be the leader in the topper industry and we want to build, like I said, high quality products and we want to focus in on toppers as opposed to getting distracted with other mods and yep. things like that. We love mods, don't get me wrong. I've actually created a mod. It's on it's actually on YouTube. I created a mod for uh, Alien. I I made a um a uh, sleep chamber mod that goes in the back left corner of it. It's on pin side. You can see photos of it and working and whatnot. I've been working with um, some really awesome people overseas that have been helping with some of the design work and other various things. This was this is literally like a year and a half in the making, but it, I've just been so distracted with this new company that I haven't been able to finish it. So, right. and again, I'm trying to stay focused on on our toppers and not getting distracted in other things. So, and there's only so much time in the day, man. I mean, I wish I had more time. So, is this your day job? Job or is this a side hustle? This this is this is a side uh, a side hustle, if you will. It is a it is not our, our my full time job. I'm actually uh, I'm an instructor and I, I instruct automotive and metal fabrication and engineering. So so Jordan, I, I like your approach. You, you're focused on toppers. You understand the collector market. You're making limited number of high end toppers right now. The other companies making toppers, mostly flat plastic, right? I mean, is it laserific? Is that is that correct that they make toppers? I think they do. Yeah, I think they're still making stuff. Yeah. When, when you see these flat plastic toppers, I mean, does, does it feel like we're not even trying here? You know, it's a different price, man. I mean, like, you're a big car guy, right? I'm a big car guy. I teach it, you know? Like, I mean, you can't compare, you can't compare a Bugatti to you know, a Corvette. You can't even compare a Corvette to a Chevy Cavalier. They're different things and they cost different money. You know, right. I have purchased toppers, not specifically from Laserific, but from other companies that, you know, are $250 toppers, you know, prior to me deciding to start building them, you know, because I was a fan of toppers, I've bought toppers that are 250 bucks. And I'm getting what I pay for, which is totally fine. I'm happy Are you though? It, like you, know? you said, even like what you're paying, like how much I is mean, plastic in 2020? <laughs> Maybe it's not what I'm quote paying for, but there's a lot of work that goes into this stuff. A lot of people in the in the pinball industry and everybody gets 
like flacked for for charging money for things, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. I mean, think about like I'll just use myself for example because I don't like talking bad about anyone else. You know, I mean, we're here to we're here to grow the hobby, not to you know bash anybody. So I'll talk about myself specifically. Like, do you know how many pieces of garbage, like toppers that are in the garbage that are you know collecting somewhere in some garbage bag, you know, for the rest of how long, like that I've thrown away because it didn't work. You know, like the amount of R and D that goes into it, the amount of right. time and effort. And so people don't think about that. They just think about like, oh yeah, well, how much does it cost to make that piece of plastic, or how much does it cost to make that mold, or how much does it cost for that that light strip, you know, or for that flasher or that motor, what they're not thinking about is like how many of those were blown up in the R&D process, you know, or like how many of those did you buy from your distributor that didn't work out? And so now you have, you know, 10 of them sitting over there that collected that are now collecting dust and can't even be used. So and that even goes with like new in box pinball machines and new manufacturers. There's just so much work that goes into these. And so for me to say, hey, your topper's not worth X amount of money. I just think it's, I don't think I can say that. It's not my place to say that, you know? Yeah, people no, have a price, and and yeah. again, people are willing to pay with what they want, and I think options are great. No, like, I agree. Nobody is forced to buy these things. Having options is a good thing as a customer. But I do laugh when I look at, like, a Deadpool topper for $400, and it literally is just two pieces of plastic, like, one in front of the other. So I, I doubt there was much R&D and I doubt there was much experimentation because Stern's not stupid. They've got people that are spending $9,000 on these things. I do wish at some of these current prices, the toppers would come with the game the way Jersey Jack give you the topper with Guns N' Roses CE. You know, it's they easily could charge extra and save everyone who buys the CE. We have a CE exclusive topper. What do you think about GNR? Do you think that's a good deal when you look at 12.5 is, I mean, they've, they've put a lot into the game. What are your thoughts on that? So I think, man, it's so funny because like my, my mind has shifted like completely. Like nowadays, I think, I think it's been like a slow, a slow time lapse over the last three years of me just like thinking like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, five grand. I could afford, you know, a Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters Pro is my first brand new game, you know, and I bought fixed and sold games for forever. You know, I've had like I bought fixed and sold like 20 games to be able to afford my first Ghostbusters. I bought it thinking like, oh, my gosh, I really want a medieval madness, a classic edition, but I can't afford that. Like eight thousand dollars is just way too much money to spend on a game. And then here I am, you know, where I purchased a um, a royal edition, medieval madness, you know, and I and I justified it in my own mind as if it was like. Like, yeah, yeah, that's worth it, you know? Right. But like like you said, these things increase in value. You know, a, a week after, somebody offered me 12 grand for my Royal Edition. Take I haven't it. Seen one, Take I haven't it. seen one pop up, you know? I don't know what they're worth now. You know, they don't ever come up for sale, but I'm saying, like, it's it's interesting how this is very similar to the car industry. I used to buy, fix, and sell cars for the longest time. I think I've got, like, 60 or 70 cars that I've fixed and sold. I started doing that with pinball machines, too, and it was just a really fun... I don't know, man. Pinball is just such a fun hobby. And when I got into it, my mental state from $4,000 is crazy amount of money to $12,000 is actually not terribly expensive, but it is right. expensive. Like I have to remind myself like, no, like Jordan, that's $12,500. That's crazy expensive. Twelve five seems outrageous to some. It's completely manageable to others, but then you go into other hobbies right now. And like, I'm collecting Neo Geo right now and a single Neo Geo cart. Some of them can be $6,000. Some of them are $20,000. Yep. A bottle of wine can be a hundred grand. I mean, it just depends on who wants it. Right. And I've always said, 
if there's more demand than supply, this stuff's always going to go up. Like right now, like you said about your medieval madness, you probably could flip that royal edition for 13 grand, 14 grand. Someone will pay for it. Now, people might scream at you and call you horrible names like they do to me when I flip stuff. Uh, <laughs> but it's just the buyer's happy. The seller's happy. It's just the observers sometimes they get upset about this stuff. So I, I think... You're on to something. I, I think people are going to want to really pimp out these games because these things have a lot of meaning to people. I, I know they seem trivial, but pinball machines mean a lot to people. And Jordan, I think you're really on to something with, with elite pinball toppers. Anything else you want to say to the listeners? Are, do you want a Twippy? I know that's a category. It's You guys have broken through and now it's it's an official <laughs> thing. We celebrate the best pinball topper every year. I know. Yeah. You know, it's funny you should bring that up. I was just going to ask you how, how things were going with uh, with your hopefully fourth win, right? I don't know. You know, they, they weighted it different this year. I, I don't think it's weighted fairly. I think they want someone else to win it. But I think we have a good shot. We always do. I just think a, a vote for first place needs to be more than just one point more than second place. But you know what? I'm not going to win that argument. Jeff is probably listening to this right now being like, he's doing it again. No, yeah. I mean, would we love to win? Sure. You know, I think we have to get like, I think what? We have like two or three days left to uh, nominate uh, Elite Pinball Topper. So if somebody's listening and they want to nominate us, like, yeah, we'd love to. One of the categories, I think, is the topper has to be commercially available, I read. So ours was commercially available. So we, we, we checked that category. And then I think the other one was uh, not infringing on IP, which last time I checked a book is not infringing on IP. I think we are. I think we qualify. You know, Who, what are the toppers that people would be voting for this year? What are the main ones that you've noticed in the hobby? There's Avengers. Basically, all of all of the uh, all of the toppers that Stern has released. Ninja Turtles. Yep. OK, then yep. there's. Avengers. Then there's Guns N' Roses has not shipped this year with the topper. Yep. Um, there's also um, Rick and Morty as another yep. topper, right? That can't um, win. That, that can't win. I mean, it's nice that it's free. I, I give Chuck credit, but... For sure. That was an amazing thing. Hey, we're going to give you a free topper. I mean, that was unheard of. Is it? It just... I mean, it is now, but my Rick and Morty out the door was $9,800. So... Yeah, throw a topper on top. They, all that's built in. To me, that topper was like when I bought my Demon and the crate cost one buck. I mean, that the topper was built into the price of Rick and Morty, but it, it was awesome. It was an awesome gesture, right? I mean, Chuck and For company sure. did it right. So we've got Rick and Morty. We've got Avengers. We've got Ninja Turtles. We've got Elite Pinball Toppers. I'm trying to think what else even shipped. Medieval Madness topper was not was that new this year I'm, I'm no that won the category last year last year so there's nothing from won, cgc right? and those have always been the 3d sculpted ones everyone marvels at yeah i think you're kind of in the running i mean maybe the ninja turtle topper it's a thousand dollars any yeah. i'm trying to think did anything else come out this year from stern what oh elvira I, i'm missing that one oh, yeah 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 elvira that yep. thing to me though i a thousand bucks that was the one when it came out everyone was like come on really really thousand bucks what's going on yeah here? yeah that was the uh that was the first topper to breach the thousand the thousand dollar range i think right or it technically didn't breach it i think it was 999.99 right but yeah. jordan what do you think about the way stern is holding back some code or mode and you have to buy the topper to get that mode do you like that sort of approach I think it's inevitable, as you've said a few times. I really don't have an opinion on it, to be honest. I've listened to your podcasts quite a bit. I know you've talked about it a little bit. And so 
I think anything I'm saying right now is just regurgitating what you've said in the past, you know, because I, I do think you're kind of right with the fact of like it being inevitable. I hope it's not, you know, I hope that's not where it goes. I would love to just make sure that, you know, if I'm going to pay X amount of money for something, I would hope that I get everything for right. it. It's a smart marketing move by Stern. If I was in their marketing department, I would absolutely advocate for stuff like that. And I also think that here's what I think might win. I think Jurassic Park was this year. I want to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that, no, was that? I, I think it was. I want to say that that topper came out sometime this year, and that's when they had that's when they had the exclusive goat mode in it, and there was all that uproar. Yep, yeah, so that one's, that one's on the list too, I think, then. So, yeah, there's like six or seven, man. But, right. I mean, if, if anyone wants to nominate us, please do. Well, Jordan, I want to thank you for taking the time to joining Canada's Pinball Podcast. See, it wasn't that bad. We're almost at the hour. Everyone's always nervous to talk to Canada. We can do interviews. <laughs> and I think everyone enjoys hearing from different people in the industry. So, Jordan, I want to thank you for talking about elite pinball toppers on the show. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. And, and I wish you the best of luck uh, coming up on the Twippies. And uh Moving forward, especially with with your new baby on the way. I appreciate it. See, see, ladies and gentlemen, another Twippy plug. We're going to keep doing it. It's Twippy season. This is what happens. Um, <laughs> but Jordan, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Chris. Have a great one. Used to be giants. So when did we start? Just say the word and I'll be yours. You know I never forgot. We were the song of the silence. The time catches up.